from San Francisco, California, with your host, Ben Kaspik. This is Locked On Giants Baseball. Welcome back to Locked On Giants Baseball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspik, and I'm thrilled to be with you again today. On this show, we provide daily episodes, Monday through Friday, approximately 15 minutes in length, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also insightful and easily digestible, easy for everyone to understand. Coming up on today's show, we're going to do some questions and answers. Thank you to everyone who asked your questions on Twitter at the last minute. Once again, I forgot to publish that uh, prompt for the questions until this morning, so I really do appreciate all of you coming through at the last minute. Jumping right into it, Juan Barajas says, The Giants will have north of $60 million in cap after taking arbitration-eligible players and control players into account. Do you think they will attract top pitching free agents this offseason which pitchers do which pitchers would you be interested in the Giants acquiring regardless of tier slash price so this question comes on the heels of a report from Jeff Passan saying that the Giants are one of a handful of teams that figure to be players for Garrett Cole in free agency this offseason so there's another question that asks about those rumors specifically so I'm going to save my thoughts on on that whole story until a little bit later. But yeah, Garrett Cole headlines the free agent pitchers this offseason. I do think the Giants will be big players for starting pitching in free agency. It's a weakness of their team currently. And looking over the names who are going to be free agents at the end of the year, there are several names I think the Giants will be in on. And number one is Madison Bumgarner. I do think that the contract that a lot of people have thrown out there including and maybe even mainly people in the media have talked about using Patrick Corbin's contract as a starting point for Bumgarner I just think that's way off the mark he is not Patrick Corbin Corbin had this tremendous breakout season in 2018 and did it with strikeouts just a tremendous year for Corbin he had a you know peripherals in the mid twos and just a reminder, Bumgarner is up around four with his peripheral. So not the same type of pitcher. And Corbin signed a six-year, $140 million contract. I don't think Bumgarner is going to get anywhere close to that. Something in the neighborhood of three to four years at about $20 million a year would probably be what I would expect to be the best Bumgarner could do, especially with draft pick compensation tied to his name. So I think on a short-term deal, three years, maybe four years, for a modest average annual value, I think the Giants would be interested in bringing back Bumgarner, and I think it would make sense for both sides. And some other names, of course, Garrett Cole. I think he would be probably candidate number one or target number one. The Giants would love to have Garrett Cole in their mix. Dallas Keuchel is another guy who is going to be a free agent again after he was also last year and didn't sign until June. But he's a guy kind of similar to Bumgarner that wouldn't command that same type of contract if we're talking about three or four years at $20 million a year. Keiko might be a little bit worse, but costs significantly less, so he could be a guy the Giants might target as well. I think Michael Pineda makes some sense as a guy with upside. Hyunjin Ryu is going to be a free agent. I think he makes some sense. He's quietly had a phenomenal season he's often hurt uh, 
But Farhan Zaidi knows him well. I think you know the Dodgers are probably going to try to bring him back. But he would be an he is thirty three years old, but definitely a guy that would fit in well here for the Giants. Steven Strasburg can opt out of the remaining four years and a hundred million dollars on his contract, and I think he might just do it because he's having a really strong year, as he usually does. But a healthy year, he's thrown one hundred and seventy innings. 3.63 ERA with peripherals in the low threes. I do think he could possibly do better than 4.100 on the open market. So if he does elect to be a free agent, he's another guy the Giants could consider. Lastly, I think Zach Wheeler and Alex Wood would be interesting targets as well. So there are quite a few names who I think make sense, and I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Giants are very much involved and end up signing a couple of these guys. Okay, the next question comes from Eric Rodriguez, who says, are they going to trade Brandon Belt after they move in the fences? Or more seriously, two questions. Will they move in the fences in 2020? Can they trade Brandon Belt without absorbing more than 50% of his salary? So regarding the fences, I think yes, I think that they will, because the fact that Kruk and Kipe are talking about it like it's going to happen, they obviously have inside information with Larry Bear being their boss and Larry Bear being ultimately probably the person whose opinion matters most about this. I know they've been studying it. There have been some articles written in The Athletic. Uh, There was an interview with Larry Bear when he came back from his suspension. I can't remember who interviewed him. It was either Kawakami or Baggerly. But he had plans like on his desk regarding what it would take to move in the fences. And They've talked about how the the main priority is really getting the bullpens off the field. And I think there's agreement around the team and the organization that that triples alley is just undesirable in the sense that it takes away you just it's not fair. You can absolutely hit a ball as well as you can hit a ball and still make it an out in that part of the ballpark. And so it would just make a lot of sense to use that area as the area for the bullpens. I do think that the, you know, the ball and the fact that home runs are flying at a record pace might factor into the decision because Oracle Park is not playing as small as it used to right now. Home runs are not that uncommon anymore. Used to be that like nobody hit homers there, especially not the Giants. But this year, I think there's been a lot more activity, although in recent games even we saw Yastrzemski in the last game the Giants played hit one out to the deepest part of the park and it was an out and it would have been a home run pretty much anywhere else so we continue to see Giants get burned by it and you know let's face it nobody no hitter wants to come play here when that especially if they're trying to get a new contract you know if they're not going to plan to retire here that they don't want to come here and have their numbers get suppressed by the ballpark and regarding the Brandon Belt part of the question, we're going to have to answer that in the second half of the show. I want to remind everyone that Postmates is your personal food delivery, grocery delivery, whatever kind of delivery service all year round. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use code Locked On. We talk about baseball performance all the time on this show, but what about performance in the bedroom? That's right, bluechew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew is the first chewable with the same active FDA-approved ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know that they work. They can be taken anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. 
And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Yes, I actually know someone who has tried this product and they have extremely positive things to report about its effectiveness. The best part about Blue Chew is that it's prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So there's no more visit to the doctor's office, waiting at the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness around this topic. Blue Chew is made in the United States and prepares and shipped direct, so it's cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit www.bluechew.com and get your first shipment free when you use special promo code MLB. Just pay $5 for shipping. That's it. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code MLB, and try it. It's free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring this podcast. Okay, as promised here in the second half, we'll continue taking your questions. I want to answer the second part of Eric Rodriguez's question about the fences and about Brandon Belt. The question was, can the Giants trade Belt without absorbing more than 50% of his salary? So Belt is owed $16 million a year each of the next two seasons. So it's a two-year, $32 million deal at this point. He's going to be 32 around the start of next season. I don't think it's that outrageous of a contract for what he provides. This year has been the worst year of his career. But in previous seasons, he was worth you know, between two and four Fangraphs wins above replacement from 2015 through 18. And that has an open market value of anywhere from 17 to 30-ish million dollars, depending on whether it was two to four wins above replacement. So projecting forward, Zips, a projection system used on Fangraphs, has them at about one and a half wins above replacement each of the next two seasons. So on the, on the open market, that's worth about $15 million a year. So he's paid right about what he should be paid based on those projections. So I think the Giants could trade him to some team desperate for a first baseman and not get a whole lot back in return as a fair market asset. But if the Giants wanted to eat some of the contract, I think they could, you know, obviously get possibly something of value in return. You know, this year aside, it looks like kind of a fluke year where his defense has regressed and he's actually been below average offensively. It depends on it, on what you think he's going to be able to be moving forward. I happen to think he probably could have a rebound season, especially in a better ballpark for power. But, you know, I was surprised that the Braves took on the Mark Melanson contract, so I wouldn't be shocked if, if Zaidi was able to find a taker for Brandon Belt, although he does have a limited no-trade clause in his contract. Peter Merez says, thoughts on the Giants possibly signing Garrett Cole? It could happen, not going to happen, not interested, question mark. So yeah, this is a question I felt like I needed to address because there's a lot of differing opinions that I saw when this news came out that the Giants would be a team primed to pursue Garrett Cole. Essentially, ESPN's Jeff Passan just said the Giants are one of nine teams, quote, positioned and motivated to explore adding Cole. So talk about really a non-rumor positioned and motivated to explore adding him. I mean, that's so vague. But the fact is, the Giants absolutely 100% should be interested in Garrett Cole. He's become, to me, a top three pitcher in MLB, just with an electric strikeout arm. He was good in Pittsburgh, but then became an ace in Houston. 
So whatever they had him do, that's really what teams should be most interested in figuring out is what is Houston doing with these pitchers to make them become so much better than they were with their previous organizations. But Cole is legit. I mean, there's nothing flugy about the performance. He's striking out almost 40% of batters, you know, minuscule walk rate, just overpowering as a pitcher. He's an ace and he's going to be 29 years old in about a week. So he's in his 20s still. So yeah, for like a five or six year deal, I could see the Giants really pushing hard to try to land someone like Garrett Cole. And the idea that the Giants shouldn't be signing this type of star level player because they're rebuilding doesn't make any sense to me at all. The Giants proved this year that they're able to contend as is. And with Cole, the Giants would have been easily five or six wins better on the season because he's been a he's you know been a five to six win wins above replacement type of player and the Giants have gotten below replacement level performance out of several of their starters so he would have actually added five to six wins at least to the 2019 Giants and this type of pitcher doesn't come around in free agency all that often he's from California Southern California he's a relative of Brandon Crawford That being said, there's definitely going to be competition here, and I don't think the Giants would be the favorites by any means. But of course they should be interested. It's never a bad thing to have really, really good players on your team. That that logic doesn't ever make any sense to me. And the Giants have a lot of money coming off the books. So, you know, if we're looking ahead to like 2021, 2022, they'd be pretty much committed to nobody except Cole at that point. And that is not a bad guy you would want to be headlining your starting rotation for the next five or six years other factors that the giants clearly have the money to spend they were willing to spend 310 million dollars on bryce harper granted over a longer period of time but still i mean they're they're in it to win it and and the giants they're kind of in a perfect situation where they have a really smart front office led by farhan zaidi but they also have an ownership group that's willing to spend big So there's no reason they shouldn't be like the Dodgers and what the Dodgers have become, just a perennial powerhouse. And I get it, the Dodgers haven't, under Zaidi, they didn't hand out monster contracts like that, but it's not for lack of occasionally trying. I mean, last offseason, they were in on Harper for like a four-year deal around $200 million. So just because it never happened in LA doesn't mean it's impossible to happen here. The Giants will have their limitations in the sense that they're not going to massively over overpay. They're going to have their evaluation, and that's what they're going to offer. They're not going to set. They're not going to put themselves in a bad position with a contract. But I definitely one hundred percent percent think they're going to be in on Garrett Cole, as they should be. Okay, unfortunately, that is all the time we have for today. I took a long time answering some of those questions, so I wasn't able to get to all of them. Remember, to get this show every weekday, you need to hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already. On the show, we provide daily episodes, approximately 15 minutes in length, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also insightful and easily digestible, easy for everyone to understand. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspic. You can follow me on Twitter at Cove underscore cast. If you like this show, please consider rating it, leaving a review, and telling your friends and family to check us out. The Giants start a four-game series against the Padres tonight at home. It'll be Derek Rodriguez on the mound against the impressive young rookie Chris Paddock. Paddock has struggled lately. He's right-handed, so we'll see the lefty lineup in there. Anyway, cannot wait to be with you again tomorrow talking about tonight's game. And until then, we'll see you next time. 